God is a good God. It's so good to see all of you here tonight, and uh, we're delighted to be here. And um, again, glad that all of you are joining that are online watching, and uh, we believe not only for things to happen here, but for things to happen where you are. And, um, and so if you'll set your faith to believe and to, uh, that you can receive where you are as you hear the word tonight, I know God will meet you at the point of faith. Amen? And so, you know, I was, uh, I was just uh, thinking about how wonderful it is to be in a, in a church uh, where uh, there, uh, people are ex exercise faith. You know, I grew up in a church, and this is not, a, not putting down the church I grew up in. I'm just telling you how it was. Uh, I never saw, in the, in, the, in the 20 years I was involved with that church, I never saw one prayer answered because they didn't pray for anybody in the church. Never saw one person get saved because they didn't give altar calls. Okay? And um, I never heard any of the preachers pray except they, they had a prayer book and they would just read the prayer. Okay? And, and so to find a place... Uh, where there is faith is a valuable thing. It is a valuable thing. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said that God will move, pass over a million people just to get to one person with faith. And so I know, what, I know this much. He's passed over a millions of people just to get here to you tonight because you came. How many of you came believing God tonight? You came believing in faith tonight. And, and listen to me, God, God sees that. And so, listen to me, you don't have to go home disappointed tonight. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, I know some of you drove a little ways, and, uh, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be worth it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Uh, we're so grateful to be here again, Pastor Jim and Shelly. Uh, so... Uh, kind to us, and, and the kids are so nice to us, they actually act like us old folks are interesting, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, so, thank you very much, you know, and so you made me feel younger, all right, and so as I said this morning when I got married to my wife, my, my, I thought my in-laws were ancient, they were in their 50s, and so, uh, you know, I have passed that up. I'm, I'm past ancient, so I'm somewhere beyond that. And so, anyway, so we appreciate all of you. You've so, been so kind to us and gracious to us and friendly, and, and we love that. We love people. We love God's people. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, we know God loves his people, and he goes to great lengths to help his people and connect people with the things and the place where uh, you know, where uh, people can get what they need. Mark chapter 16. Actually, I want to read verse 15. Let's start with verse 15. I'm going to back up just a little bit. And uh, let's look at verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I remember years ago, 1978, uh, December 1978, that verse became real to me because we were at a, uh, we, uh, our church had gone caroling 
uh, at different people's houses back then. That, that was a kind of a thing we did. Um, maybe not so much now, but we would uh, show up at people's doors and start singing, you know, and, and uh, they would either open the doors or turn off the lights, one of the two. <laughs> I don't remember anybody turning off the lights, but anyway. And so then we came back to, uh, actually, the, the church met in a big house. This was this big um, um, uh, older it was actually a restored house big i think three three-story house and uh beautiful house and so we were there at the leader's house and and they had the bible study there and and uh and so um i was standing in their dining room and there, somebody said let us let's we ought to praise the lord we were having refreshments you know and that kind of thing and so somebody said, we ought to praise the Lord, and that church was always ready to praise God. I mean, we might, we, we might praise God for 45 minutes to an hour sometimes, and, uh, and 30 minutes was just really not, uh, they didn't consider that very much. And so, uh, so, so of course, we, we started worshiping and praising God, and so I'm, you know, and, and in those days, now listen to me, uh, in those days, uh, you know, when you worship God, I mean, you, you put your hands up, you know, like this, you know, and if you, you just did this, then you were, a, you were a newcomer. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and if, you were like, if you were like this, you weren't wholehearted. You know, <laughs> it had to be full mass, you know, in order for, to let people know you weren't backslid. And so, so anyway, so, uh, so that's what we were doing. And, I, I, and, and, then, and then it got really good if you closed your eyes. Amen. And so I'm there, closed my eyes. I got my, I'm full staff. I'm full mass there. And I'm, I got my hands all the way up, all, all that I can do. And I'm just worshiping God. And all of a sudden, the ceiling disappeared. The surroundings I was no longer conscious of. But there was a brilliant, bright light that was brighter than the noonday sun suddenly came and shone so bright. It was so brilliant. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have stood it with the eyes, with my physical eyes. And in that bright light appeared Jesus right there. Uh, uh, I, I, he was the biggest, biggest Jesus I ever saw. It was just like he, like he filled the universe almost. And I saw him from his shoulders on up. And then his hand came down to me, the biggest finger I ever saw in my life, pointed to me, and he said, I've called you to preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so I didn't know he was quoting Mark 6, 15, 16, 15, but I... But, you know, some people, bless their hearts, they think that maybe these verses, if you got some translations of the Bible, you have a little uh, note after verse 8 that says, the following verses are not in the earliest manuscript, as if they were not uh, valid. And so, uh, but, but it's interesting that Jesus didn't know that. And he quoted the verse to me. And so I just want you to know, I just want you to know that you can believe what, the, what these verses say. Amen. And so uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I didn't know what to do with that. 
I thought, wow, I was just, I didn't know what to do with it. And then gradually it all disappeared and everything, and I looked around, and I thought surely other people had been, gotten involved or had something happen to them, and they all looked normal. And so I realized that God had, had, had spoken to me. God had given me direction, told me what to do, and I'm awed by that. Later on, I kind of fussed with him about it because suddenly I realized it meant that I wasn't going to be on the same track that I was going. I had to change tracks going from business person to, to, to being a preacher, and I wasn't sure I liked that. But on the other hand, I didn't know what a, a Bible-believing preacher would be like. I didn't know how it would be to be a full, uh, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, uh, anointed of God preacher. I, all, I, all I'd ever seen is somebody that got up in the pulpit, or I didn't, we didn't have a pulpit, they just had to stand there. And the reason they didn't need a pulpit is because they didn't use their Bible, they just stood there and quoted, uh, quoted verses the best they knew how, and maybe they uh, quoted a few po a poem, or they <laughs> quoted uh, some, some lines from a song and told a few stories, you know, and, and then just uh, basically just uh, talked about what they'd heard other people talk about. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I heard. And they didn't look like they were having any fun. And so I didn't, you know, uh, I, I, I just thought, I'm not going to be into that, you know. And so, uh, so anyway, so I wasn't interested in being a preacher. But, but God showed me how, how he wanted his preachers to be. God wants his preachers anointed. God wants his preachers believing the Bible. God wants his preachers that are uh, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, able to lay hands on the sick. Amen? And able, able to, to believe God for the needs of the church, ready to take care of God's people, uh, able to, able to uh, exercise faith, to obtain the possessions that, 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 or the provision that God wants the church to have. Amen? And so, so, so we're, we're, we're looking at this verse, you know, at, at later on, and I look at that, and I realize that Jesus had been quoting this verse right here. So I thought, wow, that's amazing. He, he told me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I thought, now where am I going first? You know what the Lord told me? He said, wait. He said, go, and then he said, wait. And the reason was I didn't know much. And so I had to get some learning. So he sent me to, he sent me to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Rhema Bible uh, College, Training College and uh, to go to school because I was an ignorant person. I was not, I, I didn't know much. And so one of my uh, first revelations in the classes at Ramah was suddenly I realized, uh, I absolutely clearly saw that I know nothing. <laughs> that was my first revelation at Ramah. I don't know a thing. I don't know anything. I thought I did. But you understand, listen to me. You understand that however much we know, there's a whole lot more. Isn't that right? That's why we got to keep going into the, into the Bible and get the knowledge of God. Why is that? Because it'll create faith in our heart. It creates a capacity to believe. It creates a capacity for us to reach out and take hold of what the Bible says and bring it into our life. Absolutely. You can bring it into your life. You can read a promise, and if you'll exercise faith, you can reach out, as it were, with a, seemingly like an invisible hand, take hold of that promise, 
Bring it into your life and watch it take over and be a part of your life. Oh, I love it when a promise of God comes to pass. It's nothing like God moving in our lives and a promise of God comes to pass. You know it was God. Amen. And so, so I went on and I started reading the rest of what it says here. It says in verse 16, he who believes, he who, verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Now that's interesting that he would start out and say the first thing that he wants people to do is believe. And the reason for it is if you'd back up in verse 11, they, they, it says that the disciples did not believe. You don't have to go back there. I'm just commenting. Verse 11 says the disciples did not believe. In verse 13, it says they did not believe. And in verse 14, he came and rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe. Three times it says they didn't believe. So he starts talking about you better start believing. <laughs> Amen. Because if you do, then you'll be saved. Then you'll be able to walk in some things. But if you don't believe, it says, he who does not believe will be condemned. In other words, you're going to fall short. You won't get it. You'll do without. You're not going to get the blessing of God. You're not going to have what God, God desires you to have. So I decided when I read that, I'm going to be a believer. Isn't that right? And so I looked at that. And then I looked in verse 17 and said this. These signs, say these signs. these signs. The word signs means indicators, indicators. It, mean, it means that uh, something that, it, it refers to something that, that, that gives people understanding or describes something. You see a sign by the road, you'll tell, it tells you, you know, if you have a business, you put up a sign. Why is that? Because you want people to know about it. You want people to know that, that, that your store is there. And so you put up a sign. You have a sign. Isn't that right? Believers are to have a sign. I'm a believer. It does, you know, now, now listen to me. You can have a sign that says, I'm a believer, but it'd be better if God put up a sign saying, this is a believer. God will, God will raise up a sign uh, in your life saying, you're a believer if you will believe. Everybody say believe. And it says, these signs will follow those who believe. What do they believe? He says, if they'll believe in my name. Now, I know there's a comment in between there in the English translation, but you realize in the, in the uh, uh, Greek manuscripts there wasn't any. And so, so the interesting thing is that God pointed out to me one day, uh, it, it, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. And he stopped. Uh-oh. I thought, dear God, I got to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That'll unlock some things for us. And so, you know, why is this so important today? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because the Holy Spirit is here tonight and he's looking for people who will believe in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, the name that's a, the name that every demon of hell bows down to. And uh, it's the name of Jesus whereby people are saved, people are healed, people are set free, uh, lives are changed, uh, 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 lack disappears and provision comes. Isn't that right? 
And so, so we need to recognize the power that's in that name, the authority that's in that name. Why is that? Well, listen to me. God, God uh, sent Jesus to be in the earth, and he, and he, and, and he walked him uh, in the earth, and, and there was nothing that he did not, uh, that he was not the master of. He was a master of nature. He was a master over sickness. He was a master over lack. He was a master over death. He was a master over persecution. He was a master over suffering. He was a master over it all. And then when he got done and he rose from the grave and then before he went up into heaven, he looked at the disciples and he said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. In other words, here's what he was saying. He's saying, I'm giving you the same authority. Go in that authority. You're part of me because I'm the head and you're the body. And what, what belongs to the head belongs to the body. In other words, here's the thing. I've got a, I've got a phone right here. It belongs to me. You can say, does it belong to your head or does it belong to your body? Well, it belongs to both. Isn't that right? You can't separate... Listen to me, if, if, if something belongs to Jesus, it belongs to the body. You cannot separate that. So here's the thing, Jesus has given us the power of, uh, to go in that power of his name and to go, and what did he tell us to do? He goes on and he says in that verse, he says, in my name they will cast out demons. Cast out demons. In other words, if, if, if you get into a place where there's a demon, you ought not be the one running away. You ought to be the one that stands your ground in the name of Jesus. And if there's anybody running, it'll be the devil. The devil, actually, if you really knew the truth, he comes roaring and huffing and puffing and showing up and trying to scare you, but he does it in fear. He already knows that if, you know, if you'll speak the name of Jesus, he's done. He's got to leave. He's afraid of you. He's afraid. He wants you to forget about the name of Jesus. That's why he creates chaos. That's why he creates trouble. That's why he does uh, this kind of thing. That's why all of a sudden, there's, you, you know, you get into an environment and uh, you, 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 you see that, uh, you know, all of a sudden there's chaos and there's an a uprising, there's this and that and there's all that kind of... What is the, what's the devil doing? He wants you to forget about the name of Jesus. He wants you to get into fear. He wants you to say, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? It looks so bad. Let's go find a place to hide. He wants you to hide. He doesn't mind you hiding. He'll leave you alone if you go hide uh, uh, for a while and then he'll come and bother you there because he's got you on the run. Do you see what I'm saying? No, we cast out demons. I said we cast out demons. I said we cast out demons. Demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that authoritatively. <laughs> and there is a difference, my friend. There is a difference. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? I remember I was in Walmart one day and, and, and one night and uh, all of a sudden I was checking out and I was just walking away and all of a sudden this guy yelled, he said, I know you, I know you. And I looked around and it was some uh, guy and I could tell immediately that he had a demon in him. And he said, he said, I know you, I saw you. And under my breath I said, you shut up in the name of Jesus. 
Did you know what he did? He shut up. No, we don't need, you know, you know what I'm saying? He was making a spectacle. And, and so we don't need people doing that. And, and uh, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't speaking to him to shut up. I was telling that demon to shut up. Isn't that right? And so found out later this is a guy that, 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 that had, had real problems. And he'd yield himself over to demons. And so uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad he's doing a little better. I'm doing a little better. Okay? And so I've seen him since, and he's, kind of, he's never done that to me again. He's, I've never done that to anybody, but in Walmart that day he did. Now, listen to me. I could tell you stories about demons. I could tell you stories about all of that tonight, but I'm gonna, that's not really my purpose. My purpose is you believe whether the devil's here or not. You say, oh, if the devil wasn't here, we could believe. No, my friend, you can believe in spite of the devil. Amen. Come on now. Somebody said, oh... Uh, we'd, 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 we'd get something done in this area, but, but, but you know the devil is here. <laughs> Bless the hearts. They just didn't have the revelation, did they? Didn't have the revelation. Thank God for the revelation of the word. Isn't that right? What is, what, what is the, one of the signs or indicators of a believer is that, is that they're, not, they're not afraid of demons. And they'll cast them out. They say, find one. They, they don't go, I don't go hunting them. You understand, I'm not a demon chaser, you know. Looking around under every bush, seeing if there's a demon. No, that's, that's foolishness. You understand? I'm, I'm a Christian that goes about my business of fulfilling my assignment. And in the middle of it, if the, de if the devil's involved, if the devil shows up or gets in the way, then I know what to do. Isn't that right? People are oppressed today. I said people are oppressed today. Many people are oppressed in many different ways. They're oppressed with fear. They're oppressed with sickness. They're oppressed with, they're oppressed with uh, worry. They're oppressed with lack and poverty. People rise, I've seen people rise up to, to so, so much in life, just like this, and then they, when they, they might bump up above that level of, of provision and, live, uh, and, and uh, income and whatever, but they'll go right back down. Something pulls them right back down to where they were before. And I've seen people like that. I tell you the truth about it. You know what that is? That's the oppression of the devil, holding people back. I know people that, that, that were right in line for, for a, a, a promotion, a position, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, it seemed like something happened, something came by, uh, something happened, somebody came in from nowhere and got their position. And what, how, what happened? Well, that person, that person, that person suffers from the oppression of the enemy, pushing them back, not able to step into it. They were qualified, they're, 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 they're able to do the job, they, they were next in line, but all of a sudden, something happened. I'm going to tell you something. You need to be aware that there is an invisible realm in the, called the spirit world and demons are busy trying to work behind the scenes in the invisible realm, rearranging and, and doing things and controlling the things in the natural. And uh, we think, well, it's just the weather. We think it's just the signs of the times. We think it's just uh, the, the, the way things are. 
Well, you know, it's just society going bad. Well, no, listen to me, my friend. Listen to me. That devil is working overtime, manipulating. He is the master puppeteer. Uh, he is dangling people and moving them around and manipulating them and causing them to, 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 to dance at his tune. Frank Sinatra sang a song long time ago called I Did It My Way. That's a lie. He was dancing to the devil's tune when he sang that song because nobody does it their own way. You either do it God's way or you're dancing to the tune of the enemy. I'm telling you, and you don't even realize it. I'll tell you, I, I had a, I had a, when I got, when I came to the Lord, I had a whole big, back then they had these long playing LP you know, record players. Remember the, some of you remember those. If you never had, you never were able to have one of those, then you missed half your life. But but you had these long playing seventy eight records. Isn't that what they called them? LPs. And so I'd stack six of them up on a on the on the little arm, and it would drop one down when it finished playing, and there'd be another one and play. And you know, I'd have six of them, and they were all country and western. That's what I grew up with. Now I know that maybe I, I don't know if there. I, there's not even, is there, any, is there any country and western people at all in this room? God bless you. God bless you and you. Now, how many of you would say, I used to be? Well, I used to be. You know what I'm saying? You know why? Because I found out that I was singing the wrong words. Because I'd sing along and I'd lose my truck and I'd lose my dog and lose my wife you know, house and all of that, and I wonder why it disappeared. Well, the, the oppression of the enemy came in at the end, at the, at the, at when, when he heard my words, he said, there's some room there. That's why you don't speak those things. You know what I'm saying? Somebody said he sang, started singing country and western backwards, and he got his house back, and he got his wife back, and he got his truck back. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> But people, people don't realize. You know, people go to movies and say, oh, that's nothing. It's not too bad. It's just got, you know, it had a half a dozen cuss words in it, and it had, you know, had one bad scene and all of that. And it's not too bad, and people start justifying it. I'm going to tell you something. That's how the enemy comes in, little by little. Oppression comes sneaking in, the oppression of the devil. I'm not against movies. There's good movies, and I'm not against good music, because there is. There's even some good country songs. You know, the ones where you do actually get something, you know. <laughs> I made it all the way to San Antonio. No, I don't know, whatever it was. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so one of the signs of a believer is that you cast out devils. You deal with it. You know, just, you, you, know you, you, you take control of the land. You walk around and you say, this is my ground. It's not the enemy's ground. Amen. You know what I'm saying? It's my house. Right. And not, the devil's not going to be here in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. I'll tell you, I've known people that have opened the door, the front door, and kicked their foot and said, out you go, devil. You're not going to be in this house any longer. No more, no more of those things happening. You take the sickness with you. You take the poverty with you. You take the, all the things that you were intending to do. You take that with you and go. Amen. What is it, the next thing? It says they speak with new tongues. 
Put the, can you put the verse back up? It says, in my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. What is that? One, 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 one good um, denominational commentary said, well, they learned a new language. Well, I agree with it. It was a new language, but not the way they meant. <laughs> Another person says, well, they quit cussing. Well, I'm sure they quit cussing, but that wasn't really what this means. <laughs> what did it mean? It means that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you get filled to overflowing and the evidence of, the, of, of you being filled with the Spirit is that you're able to speak with new tongues. He gives you something to say in a language you don't know anything about. It may not sound much like, uh, like much for, uh, to you, but, but the, the Bible says that when that happens, the Holy Spirit has given you words in an unknown language to speak to God. And that is what you can use to pray about things that you don't have any, uh, that you don't know how to pray about. You know, that, that, that I'll give you a case and example. You had one of your church people, they, they, they went to the hospital because they, they had a baby. And so, so somebody said, pray for them. Well, how would you pray for them? Well, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Or somebody said, just pray in general. Okay, Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Well, you know, that's pretty shallow, really. No, what is what you know to, to really pray for them? You know, I my limitation, your limitation is that you you and I don't always know what to pray for. You know what I'm saying? You want to pray for your boss so that he'd be the, uh, uh, you know be able to lead the company and and make good decisions. You know, well, you don't always know what everything is going on in your boss's life. You don't know what he's dealing with. You don't know why he came in angry the other day. You know what I'm saying? That's why you pray in, that's why you pray in other tongues for your boss. Why? Because, because, because as you pray, the Holy Spirit gives you the right words to speak, and the Bible says that you'll be able to pray according to the will of God. It's amazing. I'm praying the will of God in the Holy Ghost, with Holy Ghost words. Isn't that good? That's a good thing. Praise the Lord. Isn't that right? I can, can put, put, go, go put the verse back up there again. And it says, the next verse now, it says this, these, now we're talking about signs. It says they'll take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. Now, this is not saying that we need to have a few snakes in here <laughs> to prove our faith. Not, that's not it at all. There's no place in the Bible where they did that. You see what I'm saying? You've got to go with the Bible, folks, if you're going to walk by faith, if you're going to act in faith. Do you know what I'm saying? And so here's the thing. The only place that, the, that a believer in the New Testament dealt with a snake was the Apostle Paul uh, on a certain island. He was out gathering firewood, and as he grabbed a bunch of uh, wood, there was a, a, a poisonous snake uh, in, that, in that wood, and it reached out and bit him on the hand. And the people said, oh, I bet he was a murderer. That's an easy, he thought he was going to get away, but he didn't. Because that was the kind of snake that people, people <coughs> excuse me, People died quickly. Well, they watched him. He didn't die. He went on acting like nothing happened. Then they decided he was a god. It's interesting how people's minds get changed quickly. And so, <coughs> and so, so, so here, what does it mean? It means this. It means, first of all, it means this. I don't have to be afraid of snakes. I don't like snakes. Now, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you're friends with them. I don't know. But I just know this much. Uh, I don't have a pet snake. 
I'm not, I'm not into that, you know? So, so, so I'm not afraid of them. Uh, I know what to do when they show up or when I see one, okay? And you can do what you want to with them too, whatever you want to do. I, you know, I get in trouble by just passing along my opinion of what I think about snakes, but, but you understand because every time I pass my opinion, there's always somebody that likes snakes in the crowd. But anyway, <laughs> and that's okay. If you like them, that's okay. But I'm going to tell you, it may mean that, that you deal with snakes, you know. And, it, and if you accidentally get bitten like the Apostle Paul, you can believe it won't, it won't have any effect on you. Isn't that right? Well, you can do that because we have a Bible example of that. Okay? But the other thing that it actually refers to is that is Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 19. It says, the, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Behold, I, uh, um, I give you power. Jesus said this, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we do, it also indicates that we have power over the enemy. We have authority over the enemy. And so we, we, we are not at the mercy of the devil. Now, now, I'm going to tell you this. Listen to me, my friend. You can look around. You can look at circumstances. You can look at trends. You can do all the different. You can do analysis. You can get you the best analysis of, which, of what's happening. And, and, it, and, and, and it may look like everything's on, a, everything's on a downward spiral. And you think you ought to close shop and, uh, and, and just hope your money lasts until, until it gets better. You can do that if you want to. But on the other hand, you can also begin to take authority over the devil and you can say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I'm going to continue on and the abundant provision of God comes my way they, others may decide they're going to quit and shut down but I don't have to in Jesus name Amen. Uh, in, in the name of Jesus see we're, you're talking about these signs indicators that uh, follow those who believe in other words they show up they show up oh that person's still going we thought they'd shut down long ago I was talking to somebody the other day uh, that had lived in a certain city, and so they're now living in another, another city uh, a long distance away, uh, somewhere in New York now. And, uh, and so I, I was telling about how uh, uh, we were having a conversation, and they want me to come to in New York, western New York, someplace there. And uh, they want me to come, and so I mentioned that I was going to be at a certain pastor's place uh, that he... Uh, he had uh, uh, where this, this pastor in New York had been, been uh, a number of years ago. And so I mentioned this pastor. I said, I'm going to be at his church in November. He said, really? He said, is he still going? I said, yeah. I said, he's doing good. My, my. My, my. My, my, he said. Oh, he said, hard to believe, hard to believe. When we were there, and he proceeded to tell me what they didn't have. But you see, you can't quit. Right. A person of faith keeps on going. You know what I'm saying. And so you got to, you got to, you got to, what did he do? He just stuck it out, persevered. Things got better. Amen? Amen. So, so we have power over the enemy. Isn't that right? And then look at the last thing it says in verse 18 there. It says in verse 18, you can put that up. It says, and they will lay hands on the sick. And they, and maybe they'll be healed. What? <clears throat> or they, sh 
Does it, what does it say? They should recover? They could? They will. What does that mean? It means they will recover. It means there, there's no doubt in that. Now listen to me. Listen to me. You, can, you and I have a choice. We can either doubt what God's Word says or we can, or we can believe what God's Word says. You know, he says, so, well, I, I like one person came to me years ago. He, uh, this friend of mine and I were sitting in a restaurant uh, having coffee. And so uh, uh, he, here he comes. He didn't like where we were in a, in a, in a spirit-filled, word-of-faith uh, church, just a little church. We'd gotten started, you know, and, and started going and everything. He sat down at the table with us, uninvited. You know what I'm saying? And he began to proceed to tell us what he thought about what we were doing. Uninvited, unsolicited, you know. And he said, the problem with you people is, he said, is that you base everything on the Bible. <laughs> and he's a church-going person. And we both, but the guy I was with, we both bust out laughing. We just looked at him and said, thank you. <laughs> Somebody said a long time ago, one of the critics of, of Brother Hagin said this. He said, the problem with Brother Hagin is that he takes the Bible literally. <laughs> he believes what it says. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you realize that there are seminaries where there's full of professors that are Professionals are explaining away why we don't have to live by this book. Come on now. If you're going to go to seminary, you better make out, make sure that you know the difference between a seminary, good seminary and a cemetery. Because you can get buried in some of those. You can die in some of those. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason the church is the way it is. Come on now, I'm, 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 just being, I'm just being honest with you. There are churches, there are many churches that don't make any difference on any day of the week. Because they don't believe. The issue is, do you believe? Amen. Do you believe? Look at your neighbor and say, do you believe? Isn't that right? See, that's, that's where we start. Why? Because it's important to the Holy Spirit. It's important to the Holy Spirit that we believe. He's looking for somebody to believe. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, faith is the open door through which the Lord comes. He's looking for faith. He's looking for somebody to believe. Why is that? Because he's looking for a way into your life. He's looking for a way in to bring you healing. He's looking for a way in to set you free. He's looking for a way in to bring you to provide for you. He's looking, he's looking for a way in to guide you and direct you to the place that he's got for you that'll be better than what you imagine. Come on now. Hallelujah. He said we need to believe. Why? Why is that? Because A.B. Simpson said this in his book, The Gentle Love of the Holy Spirit. He said, he said that faith and the word is the natural habitat of the Holy Spirit. Why, what does that mean? It means this, that wherever he finds faith, wherever he finds the word preached, there the Holy Spirit settles in. He says, I'm at home here. This is my kind of place. <laughs> That's why I like a church like this. Isn't that right? It's good to be in a church like this. Good to have a church like this. Isn't that right? I walked out of a church years ago, and they said, why did you leave? I said, because I got better games to play. I was not as diplomatic as I am now. 
And of course, I don't really know whether I've grown much in that area or not. But you understand. And another person said, why did you have to go, leave, leave this church and go to a church, the church you're going to? I said, because you didn't have enough to keep me. Got real quiet, just like you did right there. <laughs> he said, well, why did you have to say that? Well, when, when, the, when, when, the de when, when the devil is using people to come at you to hinder you in walking with God, you just got to pull out the stops and be bold. And it's the speaking of the word that stops him. And if you say, well, I don't know. I'd like for you to leave. You're kind of bothering me. Do you know the devil says, I got you now. You are kind of timid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he'll hang around. Because he's, you know what he does? He says, I sense a little fear. Fear opens the door to the devil. Fear hinders people from believing. That's why he tries to bring, bring fear, so much fear in, in people's lives. It's because, because if he gets them into fear, then he can't believe effectively. You cannot be afraid and believe at the same time. One is, it's either one or the other. And so, so we need to recognize that. And so I, I, I'm just going to give you a couple things here yet. And so... Um, I remember years ago, um, I was at a church in, in Arcola, Illinois. It was a little, uh, little town, and I was in Arcola, Illinois, years ago, before I ever went to Ramah. They asked me to preach, and so I was there, and I'd preached, and they had an altar called. The anointing of God was there. God moved, did some things, and afterwards, we're just standing there, and, uh, and up, comes, up comes two ladies. And this lady, I'm kind of in the afterglow of what, of, of, uh, if you've ever been anointed, you kind of get, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like going and taking a good hot shower and you still kind of feel it afterwards. You know, that's how it is to be anointed and then minister and then afterwards you're just kind of standing there. Well, you can still feel it. You understand? And so, anyway, so I'm standing there. And so, uh, uh, it was a, I don't know how long it was before they came up to me. And this lady said, I brought this lady, and she, she, she's got problems, and she needs prayer. And I'm thinking to myself, now, I gave an altar call for healing. Why didn't you come? That's what I thought. And, 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 uh, and then I thought to myself, why didn't she come when the anointing was flowing? You know, when the Holy Spirit was moving, you know. And, uh, and so uh, I said, well, what's wrong? She said she's got bumps on her chest. You know, she's got problems. And, and I looked at the lady, and, and I said to her, do you believe that when I lay hands on you and pray for you that those bumps will disappear? She looked at me right in the eye, and she says, I do. I thought to myself, this lady believes. On the basis of her believing, according to her faith, I laid hands on her. I prayed for her, commanded those bumps to leave. And I said, to, uh, when I got done, it wasn't a long prayer. I said, you go in the name of Jesus, disappear in the name of Jesus. I said, and then I, when I got done, I looked at the ladies. I said, I, you go to the restrooms. And I said, I want you to, I want you to check to see, uh, see what happened. I said, you'll find those bumps are gone. They came back and said, we can't find any. 
But that lady believed. She didn't say, well, 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 well I don't know. <laughs> no, she didn't say, well, I'd like to believe. Well, I don't know how to believe. You know, some people are like that. And that's where they're at. They want to, but they don't know how to believe. Okay? Well, uh, uh, so, so, um, so what does it mean then to believe? Well, uh, how many of you know your own name? You know, if we said your name, you'd look up, wouldn't you? I know my friend Bill right there. If I said, Bill, <laughs> he answers right away. He wouldn't look around the room and say, I wonder who he's talking to. <laughs> why? Because he believes that's his name. Yeah. Now, do you, do you know why he believes that's his name? Because that's all he's ever heard. You know, and, and, and when he was a baby, they called him Bill. And so they said, Bill. And Bill didn't do anything. Bill didn't do anything. He's a baby. He didn't respond at all. Parents were good parents. They didn't look at each other and say, well, he didn't respond to Bill. Let's try George. <laughs> or Tom or Bill or Sue. And <laughs> you understand? Uh, for those country western people, you know what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how long they called you Bill until one day something went connected in your brain. And you thought, Bill. And every time they say that word, uh, they're, they're looking at me like I ought to know something. <laughs> and so pretty soon you started responding to Bill. They kept calling you Bill. They kept calling you Bill until, until you, you know, when somebody comes up, came up to you and said, what's your name? You didn't have to think. You didn't have to go ask your mom and daddy. You said, the name's Bill. One day somebody uh, came into the, to the, where my wife worked and uh, they had a little boy with them that was extremely active while the parents were shopping. And so my wife, uh, being the customer service rep in that place, she went over to help that little child a little bit, you know, kind of maybe keep him from destroying too much, uh, too many things. And so she said, what is your name? He said, no, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> But here, Bill knows his name, doesn't he? Now, Bill, you got a driver's license. Yes, sir. But you don't keep that and look at it every night and make sure what your name is, do you? No. no. You carry that for the benefit of other people. Isn't that right? Yes. You convince other people. With, but you, Now, listen to me. If we all came to you tonight and said we've got some new information that your name is not Bill. It is Jack. <laughs> you would laugh just like that. Wouldn't you? Why? It's because you believe, no doubt, that your name is Bill. It's all you've ever heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, you're, you, you're convinced that your name is Bill because you heard it so often until you're convinced. You could, you can people can tell you that's not your name and you'd laugh at them. Do you understand what I mean? Here's what the Lord told me one day. He said, when you start believing my word like you do your own name, he said, then it'll work for you. So I started getting busy listening to it. Over and over and over. Over and over and over. Everybody say over and over. over, and over. So what do I mean? What do I mean by that? Well, well, here's the thing. 
several years ago, I know the Lord spoke to me about, uh, about some things, and, and it looked impossible. It looked like, uh, you know, it looked like it's so impossible it didn't even look like the Lord could pull that one off. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Well, I don't know, Lord, if you can even do this, you know, kind of thing. And so, so that's how it seemed. And so one day I heard, a, I, I heard a preacher preach a message that spoke to that issue of me where I wanted to believe what God was saying to me, but I was having trouble with it. And so I went and got the CD. Now listen to this. I went and got the CD, and I, began, I put it in my vehicle, and I began to listen to it over and over and over again. That's all I listened to. You know, the greater the need, the more focused your hearing has to be. Do you understand what I mean by that? And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's what I did. I just listened to it. I listened to it. I listened to it. I listened to it until I, could, I knew what was coming next. I knew what, where he went to next, what verse was coming, what story was next, what joke was coming next. I, didn't, I knew exactly what was coming next. And I'm telling you, I, got, I listened to it until I was sick and tired of listening to it. I said, oh, God, he's going to tell that again. <laughs> you ever listen to something until you were sick and tired of it? You know, you, know, you don't mind the, the little soft music playing wherever you're going, but have you ever woke up to the fact, you know I don't like that music. I'm sick of that. And, and, and you know, if you can do something about it, you change the music. You know what I'm saying? Here's what, the, and so I, I just, you know, I was tempted to quit. Quit listening to it. Here's how the Lord explained it to me. He said, if you're sick and tired of hearing it, it's a sure sign you hadn't got it yet. Down inside of you. He said, what you need is on the other side of sick and tired. So I kept listening to it. And I got over being sick and tired of it because all of a sudden it dropped down into my heart and I began to believe and then there was a thrill and there was a joy and I couldn't keep, me, keep from listening to it some more and more and more. I listened to it 105 times in eight months. I didn't need a new word. I needed to get the same word built up in me. Sometimes you get a new word and people run, I got a new word, I got a new word. And that's all they hear. And then you wonder why it doesn't work for them. It's because they didn't take time to build it inside of them, get to the place where they believe. Undoubtedly, meaning they're fully persuaded. The Bible says that Abraham grew strong in faith, giving praise to God. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he's also able to perform. He got to the place of being fully persuaded. In other words, he fully believed. In other words, when you looked at the meter of his faith, it went all the way to the peg. There was no room for doubt, no room for fear, no room for uh, any, anything else. He's considered not. The Bible says his body being dead or Sarah not being barren, he said, we're believing God, what God said is coming to pass, and no doubt about it, and, and, and it wasn't any time at all after he really started believing, fully believing, that he had a child that he was not supposed to have. He and Sarah had a child. Well, listen to me, listen to me, getting into that place to believe, isn't that right? Well, listen to me, sometimes you have to help people. I was in West Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, preaching in a church here not too long ago, and there's a lady came up, she had back problems, had back problems, and so uh, we prayed for her, and, 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 and then we said, uh, all right, I want you to check yourself and see what the Lord has done. So she checked herself, and she said, it's still hurting. 
I said, all right. I, I knew we had to get the lady over into faith so the Holy Ghost, could, Holy Ghost could minister to her. So I said, take a deep breath and relax. And I looked at her. I said, he's here and he's able to take care of her. She looked at me like that was a new revelation. She said, okay. I said, now we'll pray again. And we pray. She said, I felt that, I felt that. She got healed. The pastor was standing right behind her and he had had COVID-19 and recovered, but he had after effects from it. And he still had breathing restrictions from it. And he was having trouble. He told me two days later, he said, when you prayed for that woman and that woman started saying, I got it, I felt that, I felt that. He said it came right through her and got into him and healed him of every after effect. It was, a, it was, a, it was like, you know, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like I pulled two tri both triggers on a double barrel shotgun <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Woo, two for one. <laughs> Glory to God. Why? Because people got into faith, believe me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is looking around. He's searching through the earth. He's looking for a people that will believe what they uh, believe what it said. The Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and he said, and she said, I want you to, his Bible says in Mark chapter 7, she kept asking him to, 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 to cast the demon out. Kept asking. She just stayed with it. Matthew, Matthew's account in Matthew 15 says he didn't even answer her at first. Why? Because he was on R&R. &R. He, he didn't want anybody to know he was there. Somehow, she found out about it. She said, I don't know if you'll ever come back. I'm going to find my way in. How she got past those disciples, I don't know. That's a miracle in itself. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to recognize then, here she comes. And so finally he did say something. He said, you're not qualified for it. He said, I'm sent to the children, of, uh, to the house of Israel. And, he, and she said, and then the Bible says, listen to this. She fell down and she worshiped him. Listen to me, my friend. If you don't know what to do, just, just worship God. Just worship God. Just worship God. I said, just worship God. Amen. And then, and then Jesus looked at her, and she was worshiping him. And she said, he said, he said, he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the little dogs. Now, some people said, look at that. Jesus called her a dog. Well, Jesus wasn't really putting her down. He was referring to the little pet dogs that they had at the tables that were in the house. And in those days, they didn't use a silverware like we do. They would take they would eat with their fingers and then they had big pieces of bread on the table that they'd use to rub their hands together on and it would wipe their hands and they'd take that bread and put it on, throw it under the table. And, it would, uh, and the do little dogs would be down there, uh, uh, they'd be able to eat from that. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to recognize then that, that Jesus really wasn't putting her down. All he was saying was, he said, you really aren't one of the children of Israel. You are not in covenant. But she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that the children drop under the table. And he looked at her and he said, Matthew said, in Matthew it said, great, uh, he said, great is your faith. 
But now listen to me. Here's what, here's what, here's what Mark said. He said, for this saying, go your way. Your demon, the demon has gone out of your daughter. In other words, he listened to her words to see whether she believed or not. I thought to myself, for this saying, when I read that, I thought to myself, what did she say? Because evidently what she said worked, caught his attention, and, and caused him to agree to minister to her, to her daughter. Isn't that something? So I went back and looked at it, and everything she said, uh, there were two reasons that what she said caught his attention. One was that she kept, she kept continually coming to him. She did not quit. Okay? Number two, she was consistent with what she said. She was consistent. Meaning this, that she, everything lined up. My words line up. My words line up to, to receive what I believe God, uh, what I need from God. Amen? And so she, would never, she never deviated from it. She stayed with it. She, 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 she got past his silence. She got past his objections. And she got into the place where he looked at her and said, you have great faith. That is a rare opportunity right there because it rarely happened. It only happened twice in the New Testament. It only happened twice. Jesus, one was a Roman centurion. This was a Syrophoenician woman. And so he said, great is your faith. He said, be it unto you as you desire. That's what, the, that's what Jesus told her. How would you like for God to tell you, okay, whatever you want. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? The Holy Ghost is, he desires those things. You see what I'm saying? That's why, that's why, that's why it's so important. You say, what's the big deal about faith? Because it allows the Holy Spirit to work in your life. It allows God to do supernatural things in your life. It allows God to help you when nobody else can. It allows God to, 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 to uh, watch over you. It allows God to, to, to go to battle for you. It allows God to, to, to move in your behalf so that you, you move you to the head of the line so that you can get promoted even though you might not have been qualified in the natural. I've seen, people, I've seen it happen to people because they believed, because they believed. You know, when you believe, you know, you get, when you really believe, you get a good attitude about things. It just starts showing on your faith. The Bible says he that has, uh, believing and joy are connected. Joy. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. 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 Come on now. <laughs> Glory to God. Joy. Joy and faith go together. Joy and peace go together. Isn't that right? So, you know, so if you're, if you're staying up at night, uh, uh, you know, worrying about what's going to happen, guess what? You're not yet in faith. You could get there, but you're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? So what, what you need to do is go read your Bible more. You go back over the same promise that will promise you what you need, what you're concerned about. Just read it over and over again. Read it over. Some, pro some promises of God, I spoke them thousands of times, hundreds of times a day. Because my need was great until it came to pass. I just didn't give up. I just didn't give up. I just didn't give up. Some days my mind worked, worked a lot. Your mind ever work a lot? You know? 
it just over and over, it wants to pound on you, saying, no, you're not going to make it, you're not going to have it, you're going to you're gonna die, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, and you hear that over and over and over and over again. And you've got to learn to out-talk it with the Scripture. You've got to tell it, you've got to talk back with what you believe. No, I believe Jesus Christ makes me whole. 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 Jesus, how often do you have to say it? You say it till you get it. You say it, you say it, you say it uh, 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 so often that you drown out whatever else the enemy wants you to hear. You drown it out. You say, how loud do I have to say it? Loud enough that you can't hear what the devil's saying. Isn't that right? Have you ever had somebody... You know, have you ever seen where somebody tried to tell somebody and the other person tried to talk back and the, other, the first person that was trying to say something just raised their voice, got real loud? What were they doing? They, got, they, they overcame the objections that were being placed in front of them. You say, well, that wasn't very nice. Well, but, the, but things happen. <laughs> you can't be nice to the devil. He said, now, devil, I, I hate to be rude. But, but you need to go now. The devil's not going to go like that. He said, uh, he, he'll buddy right up to you and say, I think you're my friend. You're talking nice to me. You know what I'm saying? Listen to me. Listen to me. No, no, no. You've got to keep saying what God said. How, how do I know I'm believing? Because I listen to my words. I'm saying what I believe. If Bill, if Bill started walking around saying, hi, my name's George, we'd know there's a major crisis in his life. It's a, it's a faith crisis, you know, it, it, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and so we, we, we just need to realize that you see somebody quoting the promise of God, and then the next time you see them, they're saying something different. And that's a crisis. That's a faith crisis, isn't it? That's a crisis in that person's spiritual life. No, my friend, listen to me. You know it may look like it's not going to work, but you've got to keep saying what you've got to keep uh, saying the right thing. You may have to do some other things. God may tell you to do some other things. I kept saying a verse. It looked like we were going to lose our house one time. And so uh, the bank kept calling, uh, started calling, saying we, gonna, we, got, we got our attorneys. We're going to foreclose on the house. And uh, there was a long story as to why that was happening. And, and, uh, and so I told him, uh, I said, I'm not trying to run away. I said, I'm trying to sell the house for you. And I said, I began to talk to him. And so I became proactive. I went, first of all, to the scripture. I found me a verse that says, Lord, be merciful to me until these calamities overpass me in Psalms. So I kept saying that, kept saying that, kept saying that. I also, in the natural, went and started calling the bank every day. Some, uh, they'd, sometimes they said, well, we'll give you another week. That was a good, that was a good report. And some days they said, well, well, we'll give you two days. I tell them, it's cheaper for me to sell it for you than you to hire your lawyers and go through court. So they said, okay. Well, and we went that way from January until May. We just kept saying it every day, every day. We sold that house, sent them the money, and God bless them. You know what I'm saying? And so forth. But it didn't look like we were going to make it. It didn't look like we were going to make it. But you know, you sometimes you just got to keep going. You just got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. Ha, ha, ha. You got to learn to laugh at some of those things. 
be ridiculous that the devil would win. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 